Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined once again by the man, Nate Weitzer. He is back on the East Coast, back from the West Coast, actually, where he was hanging out in Oregon for a bit. Nate, how are you today, sir? Doing good. As I told Josh, I did not fall in a volcano, managed to uh, ski around, but not into the caldera. So we are live here going into the the rest of the conference finals. (laughs) Yeah, and a little bit downtrodden, uh, being down 1-0 in that Celtic series for your boys. But, you know, that's what they do, apparently. They uh, are much better when they are not expected to win, although they are heavily expected to win uh, in the game that we will be talking about here in just a minute about the May 19th game. We are recording this on Thursday, getting ahead of all these early lines for this game for you. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. We're bringing you best bets in this video. We also have one up with player props for everything going on on Friday night's game there. Also want you to head to thelines.com. You can check out all of the great written content we are putting up on the site and use that odds finder tool we have up there for you guys a nice little chart to see all the odds available to you from all these books giving us bets this postseason we are staying hot here nate knows that uh things went very well in both game ones for me uh riding solo i'm happy to have him back though Uh, a couple extra eyes on things here as we move into uh this best bets but we did i did rather go three and one uh in the best bets alone there and then had a couple other props that also hit at a 70 percent clip so we're feeling pretty good as we move into the the game here for Friday night. Uh, Nate, let's go ahead and just jump right into your first best bet for the night. Yeah, I mean, I figured the Celtics would have a pretty sizable spread because of this trend we've seen with home team losing game one, winning game two. But a nine point spread to me is just too much. I mean, I don't see the Miami Heat just laying down or giving anything up easily. Um, So I'm going Heat plus nine here as a starting point. Uh, they've failed to cover that only once here in these playoffs. That includes, you know, the game two in New York where they, they just sat Jimmy as, as close as you might think to just letting one go. Right. And they had three full days off after that. And they, they still could manage to cover nine points because the others, these, these, this team just does not go away. I mean, we saw the, the coaching gap in game one, right. Where the Celtics build a huge lead. And then after just a few adjustments, the heat just absolutely, uh, bum rush them in the third quarter. I mean, it's hard It's hard to quantify coaching, but what we do know is Joe Mazzula is not as good of a coach as Ime Udoka. And so the Celtics team is not going to be adjusting as well down the stretch here. And Eric Spolstra is, is the king of adjustments. He is, this is how he, he wins playoff series and how with, with guys that are not necessarily the same level of talent. Um, so... Even if the Heat are trailing again, I do think that they'll find a way to close the gap. I mean, this is similar to that situation in Game 5 in, in, in New York, right, where they're trying to in close the, Lock- the Knicks. Right. Uh, they, they get down 19, and you're like, oh, okay. This, so, yeah, the Knicks, they're just going to pack it away and, and wait for Game 6 and, and, and close it at home. But, no, they cut it to two with, like, three minutes left because of, like, just dusting off Duncan Robinson and being like, you know what, we're going to run some plays <laughs> And we're going to hit him like they just they pull him off the scrap heap and they find a way to compete. Uh, you know, the only time they did not cover this, as I said, it's happened once this playoffs. It was when the Bucks had that just incredible shooting night uh, without Giannis. They scored 138. They shot 51 percent on 53s. Uh, the Celtics are, are capable of lighting it up for sure. But I, I mean, the way these teams play each other, the last five regular season meetings, you you average it out. There's a 0.8 point per game difference here. 
Um, you know, there's they, they the Heat hold the Celtics to 37% from three, and they hit 37% of their threes, and they have a better assist-to-turnover ratio than the Celtics. And then you look at the, the, the Celtics' home struggles. They're just dead even at 500 in these playoffs. Uh, the net rating, not necessarily impressive. Uh, and, and the one situation where they did come back and smash the Sixers, to me, this there, there couldn't be a bigger difference mentally between the Sixers and the Miami Heat, right? It, it's like, of course, yeah, the Sixers might, if, if things aren't going well early, just pack it in, one, two, three, Cancun, follow the lead of their their 1B star. But I, I just don't see Miami letting it go like that. If the Celtics do manage to hit 25 threes, you know, 20 plus maybe is what it would take, then, then they could pull away. But otherwise, I think Jimmy and the boys, they find a way. Yeah, I would actually add to your your 500 at home stat here for for the Celtics this postseason. They're 500 at home the last like three postseasons or at least two. I think they're 10 and 10 going back to last year uh, at home in, in in the playoffs there. So um, that's who they've been at home. It's a little bit odd. I'm I'm not very quick to just dismiss them the way that we've kind of been doing since last playoffs, though, right? Like since last year, uh, I remember it felt like right around this time I was talking to you, they were playing the Heat, uh, and, and they had a, a formidable foe coming on the other side there with the Warriors, uh, you know, making it to the finals on the other side. Denver looks like a very formidable foe coming on the other side as well. So it's, it all feels really similar, and we were all like, this Celtics team, man, I got an uneasy, uneasy feeling. They don't bring it, but then when they bring it, they look like the clear-cut best team in the East uh, and definitely the deepest. So I'm, I'm not really going to worry too much about this. I felt really good about 7.5 for the Heat. Kind of wish I had a, the balls to hit that money line in the first one, um, but felt great about the 7.5 in uh, even as um, you know the, the Celtics were doing their thing in the second quarter, specifically the second quarter, because it was still a two-point game at the end of the first, despite both teams, I mean, because both teams were shooting so well. In this one, I am a little bit weary of, of just picking the Heat. I, I'm feeling pretty good that like what I've seen in the past is what I'm going to continue to see from the Celtics in this situation where they are going to come out and rain down threes at home with a super pumped up crowd. Um, it's a very high uh, spread in the first quarter, which is something I was looking at as well for as one of my best bets here for, for the, the Celtics to come out and just fire away and be up. But they it's a minus three and a half in the first quarter, a little bit big, but I still think that's possible. My bet here, though, Nate, is for them to score 112 and a half or more. 113 points or more in this game uh, for, for the Celtics alone. It's minus 120 on DraftKings. I'm, I'm willing to put a, a unit and a half on that because I think that this game is still more likely to have, you know, it, what a 98 pace. And that was with an 88 pace in the fourth quarter. Like in the first three, they're going up and down like I thought they would ahead of that game one. And I, I think you can continue to expect that at the very least from the Celtics who are, uh, you know, what we saw in game two against the, the Sixers that you brought up. I'm just kind of believing in that. Uh, and even if they don't come out and hit 23s the way that they did in game two against the Sixers, they hit 15 in game two against the Hawks. Um, and in the regular season against this team, uh, they've been hitting a ton of threes as well against the Heat, who do you know guard three-point line well. Both these teams do decently well. Um, but at the same time, like 10 for 29 from, from the, the Celtics, we also saw them you know go to the paint with just 
relentlessly uh, in game one against the 76ers. And they did that again here in this game where they, in game one, where they went for 62 points in the paint that really opened things up as well in game two. Uh, and guys like Al Horford, just, you know, it's one of those things where he, instead of going one for five or six or seven from three, he hit three of those in, in game two. And then you've got Malcolm Brogdon also hit a ton of them in there. And Derek white, despite uh, a low, you know, minutes total in, in the last game, still feel good. Like he's going to come back and hit those threes for them. So I'm, I'm feeling like the others for the Celtics are going to do that for them in this game. Um, like I said, a hundred pace through the first three quarters where there was 194 points scored. Um, so I, I think you can, you know, there might not be the same total here. It might be closer to the 215, 210 ish that we're talking about. It, it could be, but I don't, I think the heat are the team likely to go like under 90 at that point. And the Celtics, you know, will at least kill their spirit enough to like, maybe this game does get close at some point, but I am feeling like the, the Celtics to, to get their total here is, is a pretty solid bet. And then, well, really solid bet because I like it to a, the tune of a unit and a half. And then it's just a matter of are the uh, the, the, the Heat going to come along for the ride? The Heat also had only 19 free throws in this game. Obviously, Rob Will came in and did, had a lot to do with that. Um, but he proved to also be a problem on the offensive end, um, even without needing to get a ton of second chance points. He was just the, the you know, the, the beneficiary of some really good ball movement for the Celtics, who had a ton uh, of assists in that game. So uh, I, I think the 113, something they've done 10 in, out of 14 times and three of those unders were against Philly. I think you can expect a bit more of that uh, in game two here. Yeah, I was looking at this one initially as well, because it does seem safe in some way to say, well, like maybe Miami doesn't come along like we saw with Philly in game two in Boston. And then you're still kind of covered because then Boston will just obviously continue to rain threes. Their their backups are incredible. And we saw them get to 120 in that game too. Interesting you brought up the first quarter coming out hot, though, because what I'm actually looking at is the second quarter as minus two and a half instead of three and a half. And I think that's really where Boston can push their edge in terms of superior depth um, and where Miami tends to just kind of, you know, like a like a prize fighter or a or a, or a seasoned horse. Right. They just kind of wait you out and then they're like, no, we're going to save some energy for the third and fourth when we're going to actually de- like deliver the the haymaker. Uh, and you've seen that, especially on the road in these playoffs, they've been abysmal in the second quarter. The 133 defensive rating, negative 17 and a half net. That's versus plus 17 and a half net at home in the second quarter. They have the second worst defensive rebounding rate in these playoffs in that quarter. Um, you look at some some of their examples in game five, which I said at the Knicks, similar spot, right? They were up 10 and then they get outscored by 13 in in that second quarter. Uh, and then in game two at Milwaukee, another kind of similar situation where you've got a great team with their back against the wall. They gave up 46 points, got outscored by 19. Uh, Boston at home, while they haven't been good closing games, they are the exact opposite in terms of just lighting it up in that second quarter. They're at their best, score their most pain points, hold the opponent down in terms of fast break, second chance, high assist to turnover ratio. It all leads to a 133 offensive rating and plus 24 net. So by the numbers, certainly you look at the individual matchup when these teams get together in the playoffs, actually six straight times, the home team has won the second quarter and, and that, you know, that's four out of six is Boston. And then two before that to start the Eastern conference finals last year, Boston also won the second quarter because they've always had a little bit of superior depth because Jimmy does need a blow a little bit. He might play the entire second half, but he can't play. He's probably not going to play all 48 in game two here. 
And then you throw, now you add Malcolm Brogdon and a superior Derek White version, who's better than he was last year, to that second unit. And I, I think I can trust Boston to uh, to win that particular quarter. I'm with it. Um, I, I did see how that it was a little bit better price to take the heat in the second quarter than, than the first quarter while I was looking at it. I was like, well, that's that's different. Um, and, and yeah, the second quarter of, of last game was where they did their damage as well. Um, the Celtics, when everyone thought that they were a good bet at that point and that they were just going to continue to ride the momentum, which obviously didn't happen. And, and I, I don't know that I'm feeling as strongly like I could just take a third quarter bet on the heat at this point. It's plus 155 right now for them to win the third quarter. Um, it might, if, if your logic holds and they win that second quarter and they come back out in the third, the heat might actually be favored at that point. If you think about the way that the third quarter went last time and the fact that if the, they're going to make a run at this game and they are down double digits, like they were in the second quarter, um, then yeah, they're going to need a third, a solid third quarter, maybe not to the tune of outscoring the Celtics, what 45 to 26, but you know, you can still probably depend depend on, on them to, to win that quarter. So that's something to, to follow along with and, and sort of double down on that logic. But I'm going to actually go all the way to the fourth quarter where I've also got a, a bet about that here, which if you've seen any of the videos prior to this one, you've seen me do a couple times, which is take an under in the fourth quarter. It's hit twice for me uh, as I've done it. And, and I'm going to go back to it in this one. It's just 52 and a half points, but the under is minus 105 uh, on DraftKings with the best price there. Full unit for me. I, I mean, I wrote here, you know, time wears on, man. And, and that seemed to be the case big time in the fourth quarter. We are one step closer to the NBA finals and sphincters are that much tighter at this point. Um, in the first three quarters, as I talked about in the other bet, uh, in my first best bet, 100 pay played through those first three quarters with 65 points being scored total in each quarter uh, on average eight in the fourth quarter an 88 pace with 45 points scored uh what was 25 20 there to to, to uh, end that game so yeah i think you can continue to rely on that i mean if you look at uh, what happened in round one it's and, and between round one and round two those fourth quarters dwindled obviously both these teams played much faster paced teams in the first round but that's only just exacerbated by the fact that it, it is the first round you're super ready for the playoffs you've been waiting for this moment uh, and you're finally there and then things get a little bit more tiresome once you get to game 110 112 uh, and so in the first round miami scored 64 points a quarter uh, in each fourth quarter that's how many they averaged between them and their opponent which was the bucks in that first round in round two versus the Sixers 47 points uh per fourth quarter the the uh, Celtics the same level of you know uh, of, of sort of decreasing the speed and the, the scoring there in in the first round 56 points per fourth quarter 49 per fourth quarter in the second round there uh and then like we said we just saw another 45 point fourth quarter in that game one so I'm going to continue to feel good about it in, in in this one the the thing that you might worry about is if it is a blowout and we see some some of the backups in there but even at that point um you know like or I guess we're relying on like Cody Zeller and Haywood Highsmith to get us to, to a high total in the fourth quarter not feeling like that's what you want to bank on so uh, I still feel good about the under 53 points in this one even if we see some some uh bench action yeah and this actually brings us right back to my first pick and why i think the heat will cover actually because if it is an under i don't i don't think it's a blowout first of all because i just don't think that that's the way the heat roll but if it is close you know we see boston's uh pace drop from like 98 to 93 when they're uh in the fourth quarter here in these playoffs and and walking the ball up kind of was their doom in this last game as they couldn't maintain much momentum. But we also see the Heat drop down to a 98 defensive rating on the road. And that's how they've been able to come back and win these road games, despite the, the numbers I gave you in the second quarter when they've dug themselves a hole. 
Uh, so I do think, yeah, it's hard to imagine the lead growing that much or the total growing that much in the fourth quarter if we have that kind of defensive slugfest, which frankly, that's what we've seen from these teams for years now. I mean, it's very rare you get a 120-something game like we had in game one, um, which is why, you know, I, I would be scared of the of the total overall. And, and I would think definitely down the stretch we go under. Yeah, we, we, we will start to go under. One other thing to add uh, to, the, to all of this is, is Kyle Lowry, who was incredible uh, for, for the first half of that game one. That's when he plays, though, right? He only got 11 minutes uh, in the second half, only had like four shot attempts, two points. And when he's out there, that's when the Heat play fast. Because, I mean, he even talked about it in the post game uh, after game one with the guys on the TNT set, where it's like, my job is to go out there with the second unit and realize that I'm looking around at three undrafted free agents that we picked up uh, that are playing with me. And we can't just play, you know, the same style of basketball, meet them in the field and play and, and go to battle. Like, we've got to muck it up, make shit crazy, have guys coming out the woods flying around just go 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 um, because that's the only way we can do things and he plays in the first half he doesn't really play nearly as much in the second half once they're like all right it's do or die time and we saw plenty of Gabe Vincent and Max Truce there so you're listening to the lines.com podcast network looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Uh, so we move on here, looking to continue that streak with your first NBA playoff prop, Nate. Yeah, we're going with the others here. Um, not necessarily big names, but a low total for a guy like Derek White. Uh, even up money to get nine points, or I would put half a unit on that and also on him to get 11 points slash assists. Uh, I'm just hoping that Missoula's adjustments are going to involve giving him more minutes. I, I mean, he's an ultra competitive guy who kind of gives them a different, you know, angle in terms of just his his offensive and defensive game. We saw him make some great defensive plays, I mean, all year, but also in game one, in his 21 minutes, he got 11 points. 
he was struggling against the Sixers. Uh, I, I'm not necessarily sure if that translates to this matchup against the Heat. I mean, he in the regular season against the Heat with the Celtics, he's averaging 14 points per game in, in 29 minutes, and you know, along with nearly four assists. Uh, and last year, he did also struggle in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Heat, but you know, still over the course of the playoffs, averaged nearly 13 a game. And he's just a much better offensive player this year, mainly because he's hitting threes. Uh, and that's where he got nine of those 11 points in game one. He's shooting 44% in these playoffs versus 31% last year. And, uh, you know, much better all around 129 offensive rating versus 101 last year. So, I mean, either way, the Celtics are really only playing seven, maybe eight guys, as we often see in the playoffs. So he should be guaranteed around 25 minutes. But I, I would like to see Missoula mix and match a little bit more, maybe go with some smaller lineups um, and see what they can do. Because, yeah, they got they got outfoxed in the second half there and it, something's got to change. How did you feel about Missoula's uh, Peyton Pritchard minutes? Yeah, I don't think we need those. I think <laughs> let's not go that small. Okay, yeah, you said small. I just want to see how small <laughs> we were talking. Uh, but maybe we, we we rescind those eleven minutes for for Mister Pritchard there uh, and see if we can get Derek White on the floor for more than twenty. I would I would concur with that logic on the eight and a half. I was looking at him. I'm going to talk about him. Uh, I'm, you know what? I'm just going to go to him right now, actually, because I want to talk about my. Boston three-party parlay, uh, obviously stealing the old Sports Center commercial. I'm not trying to claim that. But there's a few things I'm looking at here, and, and I am sort of on team barrage, raining threes, basically, for for the uh, the Celtics in this one, um, which you know is the reason I would be scared to go plus nine on the Heat, but I'm, I'm not confidently taking minus nine for the Celtics. Either way, I'm just talking about points for that team, and I think that's going to come in, in the form of a lot of threes. So... Horford, White, Brogdon. You could take them all to get two plus threes in a um, in a same game parlay with on DraftKings, and then Tatum. You could add to that for him to get three threes. That's the biggest one there. That's all the guys I'm looking at, and and that all three of uh, well, that's four guys there. If you put them all four together, rather, that's plus five seventy five. Maybe a quarter unit on that, um, but then mix and match with that because I, I, the one I'm least confident in between the, all of this is is Horford and White. To be honest, um, just it, Horford has too many games this postseason where he's doesn't stop chucking them, but he doesn't start making them. And and one uh, has been a, a common number for his made threes in this in these playoffs for Horford. Derek White, the minutes scare me. The 20 minutes that he played in game one, it's still enough for him to get two threes. He can hit it in the first quarter, which we've seen a number of times. Um, but he needs to get those shots up early if he's going to be not playing as much. So that's the other one. Brogdon's going to be out there another 32 to 35 minutes. Uh, Tatum, obviously, 42 plus. So like the shot attempts for them, and Tatum knows that his his you know lack of, of shooting in, in the last game while they were going to the rack fine like they need him to also be able to hit some shots there he only took three threes so all those guys you know you could even take out Tatum for the three threes and you've still got three guys making two all these could still add up to about 360 370 uh on your three and a half to one on your money there um so I feel good about that and I'm following the logic of like my eyes have seen them hit so many threes in game twos after losing a game one that I'm like isn't it going to happen again if they're scoring that many points I do think it's going to come in this in this form so you know they hit 15 in game two versus Atlanta they hit 20 in game two versus Philly I was after both you know a, a sort of sub subpar uh, performances from deep in the game ones in both those series as well, where they hit 13 in game one versus Atlanta, 10 in game one versus Philly. And in both those games, they dominated the paint, which opened up the three point shooting uh, in game two for in both those series. They are averaging 
17 made threes against that uh, in three games this season versus the Heat where they had all their players. One game they were missing Smart, Horford, uh, Jalen Brown. So whatever you want to do with that one, they only made 10 in that one, and that was in, in January. Um, but the other three, like I said, 17 made threes a game against the Heat. So it's, it's something they can clearly do. Uh, and those are the guys that I like to do it in this one, including, like I said, Derek White. Yeah, I would definitely try to trim this down, though. Like a four-leg parlay for hitting two plus threes is tough on on a team where you have six legit shooters, too. So, I mean, even if they hit a bunch as a team, one of these guys could be left out uh, in the cold. But, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a fun fun little angle, the, the three-party. Uh, but I'm taking another grit-and-grind guy here from Miami, Caleb Martin. Um, and I was going to do just 10 points, but you know, they, they're tacking on five points in rebounds. I mean, rebounds and assists. So 15 and a half PRA is the pick here. It's nearly even money at MGM, uh, the best price I found at, on the opening here. And I mean, it, it's, it's easy to tack on the rebounds assists cause he's gotten at least six in four straight playoff games here. Uh, averaging in fact, set nearly seven along with 11 points per game in that span. Clearly a guy who got some an extra confidence boost when Jimmy had to miss game two against the Knicks. He goes for 22-8 and eight on elevated usage, and he's been playing really well ever since. He's obviously a better matchup for Miami than Kevin Love, who starts. Um, he played 16 minutes in game one and managed to, to walk away with eight points and six rebounds. And I, I don't quite have the balls to say under on his 11 and a half or to click it myself. But honestly, I, I think he probably doesn't play any more than that. And it's hard to rack up stats in that limited amount of time against this team. But the point is like that, that means Caleb Martin's playing power forward. He's a much better matchup to deal with Tatum or Brown. Um, and he just, he's just a really good baller, man. I mean, he's just like comes with, comes with the, the a great attitude a great like guy to play off Jimmy who understands how to catch and go or to just shoot the three with confidence. Uh, he really fits into what they do and is a, a, an underrated part of this playoff run thus far. So, I mean, 28 minutes per game in, in the last seven here is averaging 11 points and five rebounds. You don't even need an assist to get him over this PRA. Um, so I, I would keep riding Caleb Martin. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with it. Caleb Martin is like basically Josh Hart honestly, with like maybe a better three point shot, you know, plays bigger than his size, has a ton of, uh, you know, chutzpah and, and really just brings it like, isn't concerned with, with padding his stats outside of probably rebounds, which he loves to get. So yeah, I, I, I was looking at Caleb Martin myself, uh, and saw that you had already taken him. Uh, so I stayed away from that while, while you, you were talking about it, but I, I love everything about him. I'm following the minutes too, man. Like he's going to be out there in the fourth quarter. He's the guy, um, that they, that they have out there instead of, like you said, instead of Kevin Love, they even gave Gabe Vincent those minutes um in game one i just don't love gabe vincent's usage rate uh or, or really how you know how many shots he's getting up he's really more of like a first quarter scorer and, and definitely not as much in the second half and he also got four free throws in that last game that i don't you can you can rely on for vincent his prop is low as well at about 10 and a half points um so that's something just to kind of add on maybe you consider but let me actually just finish with an old reliable another heat other uh my boy max Struess. i'm about to start to, i'm going to name my first son max at this point um and they ref- it's it's not my fault man they refused to raise his points prop to 14 and a half points where 
where it should be every single game. It should be 14 and a half. Then I'd have a quandary and then I wouldn't know what to do. But while it stands at 11 and a half in the first game, only up to 12 and a half with still pretty much even money in the second game after he just played 34 minutes uh, in, in game one. So I'm, I'm really loving what I'm seeing from him. I'm loving what I'm seeing all over the place from Jimmy Butler. He made a really interesting comment the other day about just being appreciated, uh, loving to be appreciated. And that's why he also, you know, that's something he's wanted since he was in Chicago, wasn't appreciated or in Minnesota in Philly, all those places just said, nah, we're good on you as a superstar. And now look at what he's doing with Miami another year in a row. And that all leads me to what he, the confidence that he's instilling and the fact that he says to guys like, shoot it, shoot the ball. I'm passing you the ball. So you shoot it. Uh, and Max Struess is that guy who had 10, three, uh, uh, I'm sorry, who only had five, three point attempts in this game, 10 field goal attempts, which is low for him. He's been shooting the ball about 10 times from three point alone with about 13 uh, field goal attempts per game. His usage rate's been about 20% since uh, that Knicks series after game one when they realized, uh, wait, why is Struess only playing 25 minutes again? And so then he was back up to about 28 to 30 in, in each of those games, saw 34 in game one. He only attempted one field goal in the first half, um, and he made it at two points. Um, but in the second half, he had the second highest usage rate on the team at 22%. Um, he had an 151 individual offensive rating, and key to keeping him on the floor was that 91 individual defensive rating where he's playing good D on, on various guys as he switches between all the rotating guards that uh, your Celtics team is able to throw out there. He went five for nine from the field in the second half, including three of uh, five from deep. Um, so I expect him to at least have another half like that, if not, you know, a few more field goal attempts than one like he had in the first half. Uh, and that should get us back up to about 13 field goal attempts. And if he's hitting, you know, he's hitting 37% of his threes uh, at 10, uh, 10, a little bit more than 10 attempts a game since that game two against the Knicks. So the last six games that he's played uh and like if he's going to maintain that level of of usage and volume then like yeah even if he only hits two of those threes he still gets to the line a few times a game uh i just love max true so i'm gonna stop cavelling over him and, and you tell me if i'm if i'm blinded by love no you're right i mean this is the old duncan robinson role from like three years ago where jimmy that literally said to him your job is to shoot first like shoot no matter what basically i don't care who is draped on you uh, and and they, they're drawing up plays for him. But it's impressive to see that Struess can also get it going inside the arc as well, which you say, yeah, just, just like a couple three-point attempts last game, still gets his prop. Uh, so if he's able to kind of supplement that, then I think going with the points again, which is basically what I said last time you took this pick, the points are good. Not, not necessarily just taking him to hit three threes, which you know he certainly can do. He's probably going to take closer to 10. Um, in, in a game that they'll probably be chasing points a little bit more. Also the truth, yeah. If you think, like I do, that the Celtics will be raining down threes and will take closer to 50 this game than the 29 that they took anyway in the last one, I genuinely think they're going to at least be at 40. Um, then, you know, they're going to need to combat that a little bit. I know Miami doesn't want to get into that form of battle, and then they might even slow it down a bit if they th see things getting like that. If their guys aren't hitting, um, I know they're going to keep pulling, but there is also, you know, Jimmy going to the line and them slowing it down. Even if that's the case, like you said, Struess is still able uh, to be that guy that can play inside the arc a lot more even with Rob Will getting a few more minutes. So that's all the time we have for you in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Check out the best bets we also have up for you for this game too. And until we see you next, happy betting.